I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Nick Hamburger, who is the co-founder and CEO of Quavos. Uh, And if you don't know about Quavos, you need to know about Quavos. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing product that Nick co-founded with Zach and such a great story. So Quavos was lucky enough to get to try it. I had actually seen it on an episode of Shark Tank many, not too long ago, but a little little while back. And it's a low-carb snack that actually uses egg whites as sort of a base. So really, really incredible. Nick will tell us a little bit more about this, but his co-founder, Zach, was a type 1 diabetic and was always looking for, more than anything, low-carb snacks that were good right? And tasted great. So he just decided to go ahead and start a company around it while they were in college. So incredible, incredible story. Together, they experimented and tirelessly decided to just go ahead and build out this product of their dreams, um, which, as I said, is amazing. Um, So the company started in 2018, and it's based out of Chicago. And as I mentioned, you may have seen it on Shark Tank. If you haven't, you should go back and YouTube the episode. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Daniel Lebetsky, who's the founder of Kind Bar and also one of the sharks, had uh, made an investment. And also the Kraft Heinz Springboard Incubator is also where they incubated this product too. So I'm excited to hear. I always love hearing about different incubators that are out there. So super excited to hear more. So thanks, Nick, for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Kara. Great to be here. And thanks for that lovely introduction, doing some of my sales pitch and and, uh, product background for me. So uh, you did a great job and um, really happy to uh, be here with you. Oh, that's awesome. Well, okay. So let's start at the beginning. I'd love to try and get a picture of who Nick was as a, as a kid and where'd you grow up and who did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? Mm, yeah. Uh, so I grew up in the Northern suburbs of Chicago and I'm still actually about to move out of my parents' house finally. Um, but I've been Love in this it. house for almost all my life here. And, uh, yeah, you know, growing up, I think, uh, I had a couple different things I thought I might want being an entrepreneur was was really uh, present in in my mind and and for Zach too. We had a business in middle school uh, selling imported sodas, kind of like sneakily under the cafeteria tables because uh, it wasn't allowed to to sell mm-hmm. any products in school. But so we did that, and uh, entrepreneurship was on the table. But I also, you know, was a little bit, I guess, uh, ambitious with my tennis game and thought maybe I could be a professional tennis player, which really yeah. never was possible. But but I wanted. <laughs> that and then you know also kind of drawn towards um 
different like leadership opportunities. So I thought I'm Jewish. I thought maybe I'd be a rabbi. Uh, maybe I'd go into politics. So those are all the different things kind of swimming in my head growing up. I love it. So what inspired you to, obviously, we heard the story about Zach. I mean, he had a personal um, kind of problem that he was trying to um, help more than anything. But how did you two connect and how did you get involved in this? Well, Zach and I uh, have been close friends since we were nine years old. He's He it. lives like two minutes away from me uh, in the suburbs here. So we we had that business in middle school together and we kind of always had dreamed about doing a business together. And so basically he loved to cook eggs as a low carb snack and loved especially kind of the crispy edges of an omelet um, or a sunny side up egg that are left in the pan when you've cooked eggs. And so he was like, hey, if eggs can be you know, thin and salty and crunchy, why couldn't we make a chip out of them? And he told me this idea for like an egg-based chip and we're both like, that'd be kind of the healthiest snack uh, in the snack aisle if we could make that into a product. So he told me about it and we kind of immediately started working on prototypes um, and got you know pretty uh, interested in, in launching it. So it was really just him telling me the idea. And then we slowly worked on it and kind of got more and more serious. That's awesome. So you started it when you were in college. Like, talk to me a little bit more about that. Like, do you remember when you thought, okay, now it's time, let's go do this? Were you taking a class or how did you sort of really start to build out the business? Yeah. So our first prototype batches were actually right after senior year of high school. <laughs> so really early. And then we kind of uh, had these prototypes that we were sitting on. And then I heard about a business contest at University of Chicago, which is where I was uh, in college. And I told Zach about it and we're like, we should really apply to this. Um, there's like funding you can win and some mentorship opportunities through that program. And so uh, we applied to the business contest. We got in. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
no English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. And then it was a 10-week, kind of like a uh, crash course incubator, uh, counted as a course in college, and then it ended with a pitch competition uh, at the last, kind of that was the final part of the class. So we did that uh, course, we won the pitch competition at the end, got $15,000, which as I'm sure you know, is not nearly enough to, to launch a brand in this space, but but it was exciting for us and gave us a ton of motivation. So that's where it went from this idea that we were sitting on. We thought maybe when we graduated college, we would go like full-time. But then our second year of college, we won this contest and we were like uh, full steam ahead from there. 
That's awesome. So how did you come up with the name Cuevos? Yeah, you know, we spent a lot of time thinking about the name. And uh, at first, we wanted to do something kind of more basic, just describing the product. So we called them power chips because of the protein mm-hmm. aspect. And people thought like, oh, is that like a faster computer processing chip? Like it was just like too vague, I guess. Yeah. And uh, so then we were just um, trying to think of something snacky. We liked Doritos, Fritos, uh, Cheetos, like just as like really catchy names. And so we thought of huevos, which is the word for eggs in Spanish. And then I don't know if it was me or our friend Ben, who was working on uh, the, the company with us at the time. Someone was like, well, they're quick huevos, you know, they're eggs on the go. So it's Spanglish. Uh, we just combined quick and huevos into a really catchy name. Oh, I love it. It's great. So let's talk about Shark Tank or, you know, obviously, maybe even before Shark Tank. So when you're getting it funded, I mean, you mentioned that contest. Um, so do you want to share a little bit more about that and sort of maybe even the Kraft Heinz incubator program, how that played into everything? What was, I don't know, what came first in, in terms of order? Yeah, what came first, the chicken or the egg, is a question we often, <laughs> often ask at our company. Yes, uh, lots of lots of uh, egg humor involved in our branding. But um, so we did the business contest, and we won that in March 2018. And then pretty much right away, we applied for the Kraft Heinz incubator, and you know it was a moonshot. Like we had no revenue, we barely had a prototype product. Our branding was just on a pdf file like we didn't have any packaging like actually printed and um we somehow got into that that was may uh 2018 and we were like over the moon because it's a really legitimate program every other company in there was two three four years into business some i think the best company the farthest along company there was maybe doing two three million in sales and so we were like wow uh and got 50k from that there too right yeah we were still in college okay and like finishing class and then like going downtown to uh, the craft offices and, and doing like the incubator program. And, um, but they gave us 50K. So that helped a little more, but still not a ton of funding. Yeah. So we ended up raising around like uh, later in 2018. Um, and at that point, Zach and I also left school um, to pursue the business full time. That's amazing. And so, and then when did the sh- whole Shark Tank? experience come into play yeah that was later on so um we filmed that in summer 2020 which was a crazy time to film because of the pandemic so they had totally really intense protocol you know that we were in our hotel room for eight days prior to filming couldn't leave the room which was kind of crazy but uh yeah so that was summer 2020 and then the episode aired uh january 2021 that's amazing and what did you think that you I mean, obviously, you hope that you stood a chance, but were you really like thinking, I don't know if this is going to happen or not? I mean, was there, uh, obviously, Daniel probably has the, you know, the most experience with food. Is that right? I mean, I think probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he would be kind of the natural to jump on this if there was, um, you know, a possibility, but just tell me about, you know, going into that. I mean, how did you think about it? We've had a ton of people who have been on Shark Tank on this um, podcast. So it's, it's always really exciting to hear from, from people's experience on it. You know, we, we were really excited to, to go on and we were hoping Daniel would be our shark. The, the other shark from the panel that, that was there on our day uh, that we were interested in was Mark because Mark's Mm -hmm. done a lot of healthy foods recently. 
Rohan Oza would have been great too, but he he's a guest, so he wasn't there. But he's like a big CPG guy as well. Mm-hmm. So we were really excited. You know, we were also trying to manage the dilution aspect because the sharks really want to, they love 20, 30% of your company. And we were like, we'd already raised uh, two funding rounds at that point and given up, you know, a, a decent amount of equity uh, through that fundraising. And so we were hoping to keep the dilution minimal. So we came out with an offer of 200K of cash for 5%. And we were thinking if they counter, hopefully they'll counter at, you know, 10, 15%. But at least we're not, sometimes if you come out with, I want a million bucks for 25%, you know, it's like now they're going to counter at 40% and you're like way too high in terms of dilution. So we tried to minimize that, but we really wanted a partnership with Daniel or Mark. And so it worked out really well to, to team up with Daniel. And so what was the final outcome of that? I guess since the episode is, has aired, you can share. So what was the what were the logistics of, of the deal? Yeah. Um, so what we agreed to on screen was 200K of cash and also a $200,000 line of credit uh, for 10%. Um, so we got pushed up to from 5% to 10% on our dilution, but we got it. We snuck in that line of credit. We ended up working with Daniel for a few months afterwards and renegotiating the deal a little bit um, and ended up at 300K of cash for 10%. Oh, that's awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. The CFOs that get it, get it. And the CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the chief financial officer. Today's CFO is critical to the strategy and success of the business. And in growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes, errors, and lack of visibility into the numbers, and it takes weeks to close those books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reporting, inventory, e-commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly, and insights coming in with the click of a button. NetSuite is the perfect program to help you manage your business better, whether it's financial modeling or inventory management. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system that provides everything you need to grow your business all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books on time. From HR to budgeting to financials, NetSuite is the platform for scaling your business. Over 29,000 businesses already use NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash Kara for special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash Kara, netsuite.com slash Kara. Hey, Kara here. We are thrilled you are listening with us, and I hope you're enjoying this episode. I've had the pleasure of interviewing so many amazing guests over the past few years, and there are so many more to come. I cannot wait. And my focus is on entrepreneurs and CEOs, real innovators and leaders who are making a difference. That's what I'm looking forward to bringing you. One of the reasons I enjoy interviewing many of my guests is that I get to learn We all need to hear stories that teach us to be better, inspire us, and help us get through those challenging moments. I can't remember the last time I had a guest that didn't leave me feeling like a major hurdle had been overcome. We just don't hear these stories enough. And when we do, we learn to be smarter and stronger. Don't you agree? 
episodes are concise but packed with amazing info that you will surely be inspired by. Do me a favor and send me a DM and tell me what you think about each interview that you get a chance to be inspired by. And if you are so inclined, please leave one of those five-star reviews for The Kara Golden Show on one of your favorite podcast platforms as well. Reviews really, really help. Now, let's get back to this episode. Just going back to the incubator program, when would people want to join an incubator? I mean, what do you feel like is sort of the advantages of of doing that, going that route? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really great early on, you know, um, first couple of years, if your sales are maybe still a million or under, I think like it's a great time to get a ton of mentorship, um, as well as meet other companies in your space and, and get to know them really well and learn from them and get tips from them. And you can share your experience with them. So I think honestly, for me, the four other companies there, they were all farther along than us and they taught us a ton about our space. So that was my favorite part of it. But the validation is also great. So the earlier on you are, I think it's it's only better and better to be in an incubator because then when you go to raise money or you go to retailers uh, to pitch your brand, it's like you, you get that validation of having been in a very legitimate you know program run by a big food company. So I think there are times like where it's just too late stage. If you're four or five years in, you're already, you already have a bit of traction. Yeah. I think it can be a big distraction, even though it seems exciting. Like it, it, it at that point, it doesn't help that much anymore. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things that uh, I mentioned before, you you decided to leave college. Why did you guys decide to do that and not yeah. finish it off? And, and uh, I bet your parents were uh, quite nervous about all of that. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's funny because it is a big decision. But for me and Zach, it felt incredibly natural to drop out. I think because we had growing up, always thought of ourselves as potential entrepreneurs. It was just very natural to kind of let the business take up eight to 10 hours a day and sometimes more and, and let school kind of take a backseat. And so I was just starting to work too much on the business that I was distracted. I wasn't focused on my studies. And so I was like, I, and I like school too. I'm a very mm-hmm. curious person. So it felt bad to kind of be in class and not care and not pay attention um, and yeah. be doing emails <laughs> in class. And so it was just a very easy decision. And then our parents were surprisingly supportive, I think because both of our dads have been in business uh, for most of their careers and have run their own businesses. So yeah, thankfully, they they didn't give us too much pushback on that. That's awesome. So I'd love to hear a story about maybe a funny mistake that you made uh, when you were you know, first starting out. Was there an accidental flavor or a, uh, you know, accidental aspect to your product that you were like, God, this is actually a pretty good idea. Oh, okay. So a mistake that, that turned out well? Or, yeah. Or, okay. Because I was starting to think about all the like embarrassing mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can start, we well. can start there yeah. and we can come to, back to this one too. Okay. I'll see if I can, can think of any like happy accidents, uh, but it yeah. It could be I mean, bad accidents where yeah. you learned lessons <laughs> I've got well. more of those. I've got more of those. Uh, I mean, did you have runny yolk or anything like in any of your products? Like, because you're- Well, okay. Were- Actually, we, well, here's one positive story. Like we had uh, like with our process, um, we're trying to make it more standard now actually, but, but at the beginning it was very labor intensive and very unique. And so we had this one piece of equipment that we bought, I think for $5,000. I had done a ton of research, maybe like 
two weeks uh, of research, like almost full time. Like, how do we get? It was like the beginning stage before the product is cooked to to get it into the square shape. And uh, so I bought this piece of equipment, and we we came to our. At first, we were in a commercial kitchen space, renting like two thousand square feet in in downtown Chicago, and came to our kitchen space and tried out this machine that that I had put so much work into researching and and $5,000 at that time was a lot for us. Right. That's a lot and of money. Immediately it didn't work at all and we were like Jesus Christ like this is this is horrible like we spent all this money this machine it, it, you just knew from the beginning it had no chance of actually working. And then one of the guys there Raul who's still on our staff now because uh, we still manufacture ourselves um he's been with us for almost 4 years since day 1. He just like whips out a really basic piece of equipment that's in everyone's kitchen and just starts like forming our product into squares. And I, I don't want to go into too much detail to, you know, keep yeah. it kind of confidential. But like he figured this out in five minutes because he's been around food and food manufacturing his whole career and he's been in plants. And so like it was like, here's someone who actually knows how to make food and has been in a plant for 20 years versus us, you know, like with no experience wasting $5,000. So it's just funny that he figured it out like right away. Um, and he's just got a much better mechanical problem solving mind than we do. But you know, that actually one of the things that I just gained out of that story too, is having people on your team, whether it's you or somebody on your team. Um, I think either is a possibility, but somebody who will, who can say, what can we do? Right. Instead. And I think that that's the thing that, you know, great entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial teams do. They don't allow things to get in the way or stop them or instead they figure out, okay, I mean, this stinks. This isn't going to work, but what can we do? Oh, maybe we can do this. So I, I love, love that story for a lot of different reasons. And frankly, I think it's the difference between entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial teams versus, um, you know, people have worked in large companies, have lots of experience. They don't come up with that. They just accept, not always, but a lot of times they just they just accept that, oh, well, you don't have the right piece of equipment, so therefore it can't happen, right? So um, anyway, that's a, th I love that story. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's great. So marketing and getting your brand out there, especially when it isn't known yet, the brand name isn't, you know, a well-known name is is tough. What do you think has been the most effective marketing strategy for Cuevos? You know, Shark Tank was probably like the easiest and cheapest uh, sure. thing because it just got us, you know, tens of thousands of orders in a couple of weeks. Outside of that, I think that influencer marketing for a while was very effective, especially during the like first couple of months of the pandemic when everyone was on Instagram we saw a lot of great response and and pretty good ROI from especially low carb and keto influencers on Instagram. But I do feel like that space has gotten worse in the last couple of years. Like it's just so saturated and everyone's trying to use influencers. At this point, Amazon ads are the best for us. We do a lot of our sales on Amazon and just like the basic blocking and tackling of the right search terms. And, um, you know, it, it's not like, the sexiest or most interesting form of marketing, but it's just basic kind of search optimization. And um, that just works really well because people are in buying mode when they're on Amazon. And so they'll see your ad and they just convert pretty well because they're looking for a snack. Um, the product seems interesting and, and they go for it. So 
as boring as that is, <laughs> that's probably been the most effective. No, I, I, I think that's really great information. And so one of the things that I always ask guests is about challenges. So what's one of the biggest challenges that you've overcome? I mean, you mentioned this, um, this piece of equipment, but I love to hear you know, what are some of the big, hairy, where you thought we're done, we're going back to college, right? We're, mm. we're not, this isn't going to work anymore. What, any of those out there where you'd love to share that really helps people know that, you know, it's really about the determination and resilience. And also there's always lessons to be learned. The chip itself and getting the right product quality for this new thing we're making, a, a chip made from egg whites, like has, has been the big struggle. And, and that's also the big innovation we have is we're the first people to make a chip out of egg whites. So it's like, mm -hmm. you get a lot of kind of notoriety and word of mouth interest because it's so new, but also we've had to invent our own weird manufacturing process. And we've, there's no comparison. You can't Google a recipe for like, if it was a cookie or a pretzel, you could just Google like, what's the typical recipe for that? So sure. we've had to make our own recipes and do our own trial and error. And like, Early on, the product was way too dry um, and really uh, an, uh, an offensive texture, I would say. Like, like for some people, it was just like, oh, my God, like this is really kind of getting stuck in my throat. And you could tell it was a health food um, too much. And so Zach and I spent, you know, hundreds of hours, maybe thousands of hours on refining uh, the texture. And we had days. I remember one time we were walking near my house here and just looked at each other like, what are we doing? Like, we're trying to think of other ideas for R&D. And we're like, is, is this ever going to work? Like, it tastes like crap. It's just, and, and we're a snack, right? If we were a salad or a smoothie, maybe you can say the health benefits are so great that people will still buy it. But as a chip in the snack aisle, it's got to be delicious. Otherwise, no one's going to replace their like potato chips with something that, that tastes like crap. Totally. So, um, you know, but it's just been that process of R&D and refining the taste and texture has never stopped. And it's been almost five years now. Um, and it's like, we still do it. Now we've settled on a really nice recipe that that is getting the best reception we've ever gotten. And we love the quality. So we might be more stable now, but uh, even after Shark Tank, like, you know, we didn't see quite the level of customer loyalty we wanted. And so we went back and all of um, 2021 for well, probably eight months, the first eight months, I was refining the recipe again every day uh in the test kitchen so that's been just this constant struggle and and it's hard it gets harder the farther along you are to change your product because you've got sales you've got customers and it, it's just like really painful to look at in the mirror and say okay we need a, another overhaul and another new recipe but um you know you you, you just have to make sure that the product market fit is there and that you're like really serving the needs of your customers and that they love your product. Um, and so it sometimes takes another long round of R&D when you don't want to, to, to keep improving. That's a great story. I think we, we definitely went through it at Hint. Uh, it's one of the stories I, I share in our book uh, where, I mean, for us, it was not only, it wasn't so much about making the product better, but we were looking for a longer shelf life. And so, and that was like, that was the story that one of the stories um, that I share that almost shut us down, that it was, um, you know, we had, I felt like every time I walked into Whole Foods, I was um, almost ducking the buyers in the individual stores because they were like, did you guys get your shelf life extended? And I'm like, 
dude, like we just had this conversation. We're do- the s- sales are there. We're doing great. And like, you just keep upping the ante here. And I was feeling like I was running out of time more than anything. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we eventually totally changed the process for how we actually created the product. And um, so it was, you know, we ultimately didn't think that we could actually do a product that used real fruit and get the same flavor with, um, we didn't want preservatives, but we were afraid about using any type of pasteurization process on it. And so we ultimately sort of played with the pasteurization process. So it's not a straight shot of pasteurization in order to like shift that. And that allowed us to have almost a two year shelf life um, on the product, which was amazing. But again, it was like, it was stressful. And, you know, I think it's just to your point, you always have to be figuring out how do you improve and maybe your baby isn't ugly, but you know, it like definitely needs it. It needs new clothes, you know, on a frequent basis. Right. So anyway, well, this is absolutely great. I'm so excited that we had you on. It's been such a pleasure to get to know you a little bit and I wish you all the success and Definitely, everybody needs to get some Quavos. Uh, you could buy it, as you said, on Amazon, also in lots and lots of stores nationwide. And uh, you were just doing, you know, incredible, incredible things. Where do people connect with you, by the way, Nick? I have a funny reaction when people ask me that because I don't really have social media. I don't have Twitter or Instagram or anything. Um, so I guess you can email me if you want. <laughs> Nick at Quavos.com. Um, awesome. But uh, yeah, no, it's been great to be on the podcast, Kara. Um, Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody definitely give this episode uh, five stars. It truly helps with the algorithm. And be sure to subscribe to The Kara Golden Show so you're not to miss incredible interviews like ours with Nick and other great founders and uh, sometimes authors as, as well along the way that are doing interesting stuff. And remember that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you haven't already picked up a copy of my book, Undaunted, um, to hear more about my lessons in the journey of building Hint, um, definitely do that. And we're here every Monday, Wednesday, and now Friday. We just added another day, uh, which is super, super exciting because there's lots of uh, stories out there that I think everybody needs to know, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're just really interested in the backstories of brands, which I really believe are are so core to um to figuring out whether or not you want to support a brand as well so everyone thank you so much for listening thanks again nick and have a terrific rest of the week before we sign off i want to talk to you about fear people like to talk about fearless leaders but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head-on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. 
And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks.